You're listening to the Doc Lounge Podcast. This is a place for candid conversations with the healthcare industry's top physicians, executives, and thought leaders. This podcast is made possible by Pacific Companies, your trusted advisor in physician recruitment. I am one of your hosts, Cameron Steinheimer, and I am the marketing manager here at Pacific Companies. Welcome to another episode of the Doc Lounge Podcast brought to you by Pacific Companies. In this edition, we'll be diving deep into the realm of healthcare with an industry expert in our Ask the Expert series. I'm your friendly host, Stacey Doyle, and I couldn't be more excited to discuss the crucial role of patient experience in human-centered care. Not only does it pave the way for thriving and long-term performance for physicians, but it can also make a tremendous impact on the well-being of patients. So get ready to learn some valuable insights and tips. Joining us today is the accomplished Jennifer Krippner, Chief Experience Officer at the Institute for Healthcare Excellence. Jennifer is a recognized expert in the field of patient experience and human-centered care. She has over 25 years of experience in strategic planning, patient experience, physician development, and employee community engagement. Jennifer is most passionate about building and nurturing connections and relationships. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. Thanks. Thanks again for the the kind introduction. I appreciate that a little bit more about me. I've been with the Institute for Healthcare Excellence since 2016. So I've been working across the country, actually, with healthcare organizations to really truly help them um, build and, and transform their culture and help them, I guess, really truly be the best that they can be and really operate at that peak performance. I've really been helping them kind of define and lead with connection and and with their heart and really create more efficiency because that's right what we all strive for in our day, but also to really help um, also marry that with um, building trust with their teams. Love that. Love that. I think that kind of entry is a great entry point into really when you think about, you know, when you think of health systems and organizations, what really is this culture of thriving today? I think it's such a, it's a shift for us. We're used to really focusing on, right, what's going, what's not going well, how do we fix things, right? In healthcare, we're fixers. People come in and they're sick and and we're really motivated to get people well. And I think our shift um, today is really focusing on really building on what's going well within our teams and within our culture and really seeing more of that thriving aspect. So um, I think we all know what burnout is. We all feel what burnout is. And we um, have placed a lot of attention on that as it's important to. But how about also if we look at areas in our organization, areas within our teams that are thriving and and paying attention to that in addition and really studying where are those teams that are thriving? Where are those practices that are thriving? Where are those individuals that are thriving and how might we learn from them and take those practices forward in addition? It's interesting because it really is more of a paradigm shift from thinking about, okay, just burnout and and really thinking about, okay, how can we start thinking about what is going well, who's thriving in in what they're doing and kind of how can we help that lead to, you know, long-term performance and, and, you know, really um, systems that are, you know, really performing at their at their best. So I'd love to hear, you know, a little bit how you think about that. Absolutely. So some of the work that we do at the Institute for Healthcare Excellence really 
um, hones in on really starting with the leadership team and looking at how are they leading as leaders. And we have a human-centered leadership curriculum that really focuses in on right leaders that are really good at the technical aspects of what they can do and what they've been doing. But how do we focus in on that human-centered aspect of it? How do we build trust with our teams? How do we show up in a vulnerable state that can really start to see um, each other as as that human aspect of the care and, and the leadership that we provide our teams? Trust is super important as we look at really that retention strategy that we need with our teams right now, especially given where the nursing and physician shortages are across the country. So how do we really focus in on building that trust and really focusing on that human-centered aspect? So it's sometimes seen as the soft skills, which I really think are some of the hardest skills that we as leaders need to learn across healthcare. So we start there. We start to peel back the layers of how can we show up as human beings first? And how do we learn those skills? How do we learn to be present with our teams? How do we learn to listen differently? And then how do we practice those skills? How do we how do we gather information from one another that is really more about listening and understanding from where that person is coming from, maybe managing some of the emotions that might come from that, and then truly being um, respectful and uh, responding in a way that may be different than um, checking things off a list or um, fixing things that they expect us to fix. So it's a it's a little bit different approach, and um, it can really truly make a difference in in how we show up as leaders. I think that's you know I think that's important, and, and to our physician audience out there, I mean obviously I think there there's a desire and want to be able to do this. It's a lot of times their challenge with time. So how do you? kind of reset that for them or, or, or enable them to have that conversation with the leadership in their organization? Yeah, well, I think it's critically important that the physicians are always at the table when we're having these discussions and, and really doing the work. Physicians by nature lead healthcare. Um, if they are not part of this work, our culture isn't going to change in the way that we need it to change. And um, learning this framework or this common language across our team, with our leadership teams, with our frontline teams, it's critically important that they are right there alongside them. And so we need to make this work um, re um, reasonably um, efficient for them. And we need to help make them more efficient in the way that they can be human-centered as well. And so um, making it, you know, what's in it for me um, how can I feel better at the end of the day? How can I be better connected to my patients and families and team members is critically important in helping them understand the why that human-centered care, human-centered relationship-centered care is important to them. So making it easy for them, tailoring it to them so that they can see what's in it for them is super important. How can actually make them more efficient as well and help them shift their burnout to thriving? at the end of the day and what what well-being aspect it will help them to really get to their peak performance. I love that. You know, having them at the table is is really, you know, paramount to this this working and and it's something that we've heard um speaking with a few guests of, of, around this topic is, you know, if you if if that initial participation is is there, then great things can can be a result of that. 
Um, with that, I'd love to hear, you know, what are um, some of the barriers that arise, you know, when an organization begins on this journey with this work and, and how can they overcome it? Right. So in healthcare, we have a ton of barriers, right? Time is always one of them. Um, and and as we've just talked about, right, physician time is critically important. And so it's really important to plan this work um, in, a, in ahead of time and really, you know, tackle and block those schedules so that you can set that time aside, whether it be um, early morning, midday, you know, t- things like that, where you can really have the right people at the right place at the right time to think about how this is going to fit in um, their schedule. And you may start out small. You might find one department that really wants to pilot this work. Um, and, you know, starting small, seeing the spread, then after that, um, from one department to the next, after you kind of see the culture shift over six to nine months, it might, t- might take a little bit of time to roll it out. But I always suggest, you know, starting smaller on a smaller scale with with a cohort of group of people um, so that you can get that buy in from those physician leaders, um, from a smaller group of team members, um, from maybe you've got a a leadership champion that is willing to bring that to a to a smaller group can help overcome those barriers initially, initially until you start to see that culture transformation take place within that team. What are some of the things, you know, that leaders can do, you know, to encourage their team to intentionally, you know, focus on this and creating this positive, you know, emotional environment? What are some things that you typically, you know, advise? Well, for one, the leader um, needs to be involved as well. It, it, it to demonstrate and to show um, that vulnerability themselves and share the stories of, of what this work means to them and the importance of it. So kind of walking the talk, um, as we like to say, and, and feeling like they're, they're in it as well. And, and it is a team. It's a team effort. And seeing that everybody's in it together is super important um, so that you do get the buy-in from the rest of the rest of the group that's involved in the work that's ahead. I'd say that's true for any work that you're going to do, um, regardless. Um, it's good to to see that it's not just saying, um, you know, this group needs to do this and and not be part of the work or seeing it happen. You know, being visible and being present with with the team alongside them is super important, um, so that they can see uh, that it's important and that's it's it's a priority for the organization. I think that's definitely one one way to do that. I think. Um, being planful and, um, you know, stating that it's a priority and, and showing that how it leads up to the strategic vision of the organization is important as well. You know, is there a balance when you think about, you know, um, creating this positive emotional environment? We've also heard a lot about, you know, just higher rates of depression among physicians and, and, and like, you know, so is there a, what is advice that you give when, you know, leaning in and, and becoming more human centric and, and, and establishing this connection with patients? What are kind of the parameters or, or um, advice that you give? We are all hardwired to remember the negative at the end of the day. Um, and I think we're all hardwired to first think of what didn't go well during my day and that all leads to burnout. Um, we're all tasked with technical things throughout the day as well. 
And I think um, after studying what patients value most um, from their caregivers, it's it's all about, do they spend time with me? Did they listen to me? Do I feel valued and trusted with them? But then we've also studied what do physicians value most from their leader or their care team? What do care team members value most from their leaders? It's the same thing that patients value. They want to feel trusted. They want to feel valued. They want to feel listened to. And so if you put all of that together, that it is about relationships. It is about feeling valued and trusted, all of us, right? At the end of the day, that's what we want. So if we if we shift that focus um, to going home at the end of the day and just thinking about what went well today in my day, if I just make that mental shift maybe one time this week to say, what went well today? And you think about the positives. Maybe I had a really great interaction with a patient or a family member. I had a really great interaction with a team member, or I led a meeting really well, or um, I got three of the five things off my checklist done. Um, Just reshifting that instead of thinking about that not so great interaction or all the things that I didn't get off my checklist done. Those things all help shift our mental mental state and our mental status from kind of that um, that burnout to thriving. If we just try to think from um, that negative state to that positive state. And over time, the more you practice it, maybe it's once this week we think about that. Next week you do it two days at the end of the day, two days of the week at the end of the day, and you start to think about what's going well versus what didn't go well. Over time, that really helps. And then if you start to do that with your teams and um, you start to build that into your practice, even with your patients, um, they come in for an office visit or you go and you do your rounds, what's going well today? You can start to see the value of those connections with your patients and your team members start to really shift over time to a better connection. You start to listen. You start to feel valued. You start to feel hear those positive conversations with one another. I love that. I love that advice. I think it really just speaks to the nature of pattern building. And when you create these positive patterns in in your everyday life, you know, really how that can impact and change, you know, just just everything and and your interaction with your patients and yourself and, and, you know, with the, the staff in general. I'd be curious to know, you know, with all of your experience, obviously your work you know, um, at the Institute of Healthcare Excellence, what makes a health system or, you know, hospital group come to you and say, we need your help, we we want you to get involved? Yeah. Oh, thanks for asking that question. It's interesting because um, early on, um, it was typically, oh, our patient satisfaction scores are low or this area is really not performing well. And over time, people come to us for all kinds of reasons. You know, we're having a a quality metric issue or we're having a patient safety issue or a retention issue with, you know, employees or why now our employee engagement scores are low. So it can be a variety of things. And because we all crave and want this human connection and really want to focus on human-centered care and delivery, it really touches every every domain. And um, I really think they can't be siloed. And our work really touches every qual- every metric that I just talked about. Um, and so if, if you engage 
this work, whether it's with us or with another organization, I really truly believe it. It will improve your quality metrics, your employee engagement metrics, your physician engagement metrics, your patient satisfaction metrics. Um, you're going to be doing the right work if you're focusing on um, really building the skills around human-centered care and key relationships. Love to hear the different, you know, reasons that um, somebody comes to you and, and they all, you know, that all makes a lot of sense. Just generally, Jennifer, do you have any tips that you want to give to our audience, either on the physician side or um, obviously the health system executive side um, from all your experience? Well, one, I would say don't be afraid to jump into this work. Um, like I said before, pilot a small group, try a cohort of people. Um, it, people are craving, especially after the pandemic, people are really craving this kind of um, really work um, within their teams. They want to be reconnected with their why and their purpose of why they went into healthcare. And this work really helps peel back those layers of remembering um, I really went in to serve. I really went in to help take care of patients and families, but I really went in to, to work with a team of people that are connected to the same purpose. And if we just allow that space, and it doesn't take a lot of time to to allow that space within our day to find out why, we, why we're all connected to here, uh, serve on the same team, um, to do that, it, it can be so rewarding and so transformative. And that's what's really exciting. So allow your... T- allow yourself to um, really think about how might we we work together a little bit differently and maybe just have that mind shift and and different focus on what does a thriving team look like and feel like if we see somebody in our organization like that go ask them what's different about how you work and, and maybe let's learn from them so jennifer obviously you know that pacific companies is a physician recruiting firm so we are very much focused on finding physicians both permanent and locum tenens across the nation um, for new roles but a lot of that comes into play because of physician retention and and where you know we're seeing a higher rate of, of physicians you know not staying at um, a system or a practice can you talk a little bit about an experience or a um, with one of your clients on the retention side? I sure can. We've got lots of examples, and I just I love what you do, and I think it's such an important um, role, especially now where our country is across the, um, actually across the nation where with physician recruitment and retention. And our work is really interesting. We, like I said before, we always um, start our work and make sure physicians are ga- engaged at every level. And um, at one organization, well, many organizations, but one that I'm specifically thinking about recently is that they had um, some junior physicians, um, newer physicians on staff, and and they actually engaged them in our work as part of our Train the Trainer program. And over, I guess, the last 12 to 18 months, as they became facilitators of this work on an ongoing basis, they actually took on some actual leadership roles within the organization, were able to really flourish in, in their role as a newer physician in the organization. And we see that quite often, not only in physicians, but nurses and, and other um, people that actually grow in their career. And actually, we've tracked that to see how many people that started with our work got promotions um, throughout their throughout their you know career 
along the way that actually were facilitators with our work and started with our work um, as maybe informal leaders. And so we see this somewhat as a retention strategy as well, because it really engages people in a different way and allows informal physicians and informal leaders and, and uh, frontline team members to really show um, their commitment to the, to the organization. I love that. Yeah, I think I've heard that from several, you know, several of the, our guests and physicians that when they can get involved and, you know, really take a little bit more of a leadership, you know, role, you know, maybe more on the admin side, in addition to their clinical work, it's very fulfilling and it really gives them a rounded, you know, perspective of what this, the organization is doing to help the health of the, the community. I'd love to hear just, you know, I know we, we, we talked about a lot, but is there, you know, any advice you can give just um, on kind of creating a mentorship program when you're talking about some of these newer physicians? What have you seen as worked as, as you know, they get, you know, newly established in, in roles? Um, it's a great question. I think um, leaning into this curriculum and, and the work that the organization would offer, having it, you know, within the the first six months of them coming on as a credentialed provider, we see that happen all the time. They get engaged in, in the work, they get access to new skills, and they get um, acquainted with, with the rest of the medical staff. I think that's really neat. Part of the credentialing process and reappointment process also um, is, is a really important thing. Um, I also think, you know, there you also get to meet other um, physicians that either are new to the organization, but have been in practice for, for a while. Um, you also get connected to people like that um, across departments and across specialties, which we have found with many organizations is one of the, the um, neatest things that, that some of these um, providers get to experience is, is not just meeting people in their own specialty, but across specialties or that they've only met through the EMR. And now they actually get to meet and experience um, this work together in in face to face and and get to get to experience this human type of interaction versus just the medical or technical aspect. Love it. Awesome. Well, thanks Jennifer so much for being a guest today on the Doc Lounge podcast and we will definitely provide details after this on how um, everyone can get a touch of you uh, directly. So thank you once again. Thank you to all of our listeners. If you would like to be notified when new episodes air, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And a big thank you to Pacific Companies. Without you guys, this podcast would not be possible. If you would like to be a guest, please go to www.pacificcompanies.com. Thank you.